Today is October 29th, Season 2, Episode 38, Decky Party Planner. The boys from the back pocket are back. How are we doing today? We are great. We threw a party, but you know what? We're recording before the party even happened. And at the back end of this episode, we will be detailing how we convinced every single person to show up at this party for the grand old, the grand old Halloween ball. It was an absolute blast. Um, but before we get to any of that, obviously... Josh Letty, life's a beach. What a freaking time we had with him. Uh, we're going to get to that right away. Andrew, brief um, background. Josh Letty was my boss this summer at life's a beach, and he also has Back Channel Brewery. The man is a true Minnesotan. I loved his story. I loved his passion. Very simple man, but very passionate about what he does. Intro music, it's your time to shine. I'm Doing it live. Welcome, Josh Letty, to the Back Pocket Podcast. I feel welcomed. Good. Nice. Yeah. Good. I'm ready to go. So, you're Andrew's boss. I am. That's a. We need to talk about that. But uh, I've known you for about ten minutes. About ten minutes. And yeah. it's been a blast so far, man. You're a great guy. I can Wild really ride. Tell. Mm-hmm. The energy, man, that you're bringing, it's phenomenal. So before we get into it, I just want to have you give us a little background of who is Josh Letty. Wow. I am an enigma. No, I'm really not an enigma. <laughs> I am a simple dude. I like to work really hard for things that I am really passionate about. Uh, and that's really me to a T. Um, I have not really worked for anybody my entire life uh, other than like just working as an individual in a part of, as a part of a team to try to make great things happen. Uh, I really think that's what it's all about. So um so you have I, you don't think you've ever had a job growing up with a boss i would i i, I i'm gonna say no sweet yeah it's, pretty, no, it's been pretty what? sweet it's yeah. been pretty sweet i lucked out i mean i may have had like one job where i had a boss but like yeah. he literally wasn't a boss mm-hmm. i just kind of did my thing and you know okay but for the most wow. part yeah operated on what i really want to do and uh you know kind of set the bar for myself Okay, and, and those things are Back Channel Brewery and Life's a Beach. And I said those out of order. Life's a Beach came in 2004, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then Back Channel Brewery in 2017 is fairly recent, is that correct? That or, is correct. Okay, sweet. So let's let's detail that a little bit. Life's a Beach first. Let's hear about it. Life's a Beach, you know. So I grew up on a small lake in Plymouth, Minnesota, which is about 15, 20 minutes west of downtown Minneapolis. And... Grew up on this lake, and I had uh, everybody has their regular chores. You know, you got mowing the lawn, picking weeds in the garden, doing the dishes, things like that. Well, my chores were: you need to make that beach clean. You gotta, you gotta get those weeds. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll figure this out. And then it kind of came to be when I was getting into middle school, high school, that it turns out, you know, girls didn't really want to hang out on a beach with weeds or in the water with weeds. So had to go and take care of that for them. So just kind of came into removing lake weeds so that people could enjoy swimming in the lake and enjoy hanging out on the beach without dealing with this green plant material. And you know? were you 
did you have siblings or were you doing were you going out there like this was your role you're going out there solo every now and then cleaning the beach you know i did have siblings i've got older siblings i got four older brothers and an older sister uh they're older enough than me where i was almost an only child mm. so that was my thing you know i just uh got in the zone pulled some weeds hung out had a good time went and played <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you now. know yeah it was good it was, so, it was a good childhood love that Yes. And yeah, you, it, you can tell that it helped you establish where you want to take your uh, kind of like entrepreneurial passion into uh, a revenue building kind of stream. So you're young, you're built, you're out there in your backyard picking weeds um, and it's milfoil, correct? Like is probably the stuff that was most noticeable right away that kind of was like this is this needs to go predominantly was eurasian milfoil so you got an invasive plant that just basically grows by the hour is the old adage is that you could just sit and watch this thing grow just like you can watch paint dry (laughs) and uh yeah um it just kind of opened up an avenue for me to do something that could not only help myself and help my parents but help neighbors create nice little swimming areas where you can jump in and not have to get grappled by all these green little weeds that are coming up and get, trying to get you mm-hmm. so you leave plymouth about 30 minutes east and head to the u of m for four years so yes that is correct okay. after high school i started this business and i was going to go play oh, hockey so right after high school. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah yeah no yeah way. so actually i graduated in 2002 so it's a little bit beyond 2004 is when life's to be truly started okay started playing hockey up in canada and uh, tore my ACL on my left knee for, you know, it was brutal. Mm. Uh, tore for the first time. Mm. And then uh, spawned this idea that, hey, I do not want to work inside. I want to do something outside. And I want to work with my friends. I want to work as a team. And that's where Life's Beach kind of came into play. We're like, hey, you know, my parents want this done for themselves. I would imagine that other people want this done for themselves. And it is not using chemicals. It's not using machines. It's not doing bad things in the environment. So most likely people would want to do that. So started doing that as a grassroots effort. Came into a little situation where it worked out. And uh, here we are pulling weeds. And what was those original steps of gathering maybe a team or maybe a process to do this efficiently? Because now you, it's not just you out there by yourself picking the weeds in your backyard or your neighbor's backyard. It's expanded now. So what would what, that look in a business sense? You know, I think it's important to start just talking about these types of things. You know, sometimes things that you think you want to do just sound like regular little things. But, you know, that might come as a, a service to someone. So if you start saying, hey, I got this idea. I'm like, I like doing this, you know. And you start telling people about it. You're like, well, gosh, I know somebody that likes to do that too. Or I know somebody that needs that. So if you start talking about it a little bit, then all of a sudden it comes into this idea where now you're just talking about something that not only is something to do, but it's also something to generate some revenue. It's also something to uh, make somebody feel happy in a sense that you're completing a task for them. So that's kind of where it just spawned from is just more or less talking about doing something, you know? I love that, like taking the first step. And I think uh, one of the things that's kind of crazy – oh, it's a time lapse, Andrew – um, one of the things that, uh, you're making just sound awesome and super easy is just doing it and not really caring about the outcome and not really, um, knowing the outcome. Right. 
when you started Life's a Beach, you did not know it would grow into what it is now, right? Absolutely. I mean, we came up with the name Life's a Beach. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Which is a great name. Yeah, it, it's just more or less just kind of saying like, hey, we're doing this. You don't want to. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it can be a pain in the butt. But all in all, like it's something that needs to be done. Right. And my point from that is you built the confidence to build it without really knowing the result. So how, was it as simple as just talking to people about it and really manifesting it in your head to build that confidence? Or was there um, an external force that was giving you that confidence? You know, there really was. Uh, there was an external thought process in it all because when I got involved with communicating with lake homeowners about taking care of their shorelines, I started picturing, you know, the ultimate shorelines and um, where I wanted to really work. And that's what brought me over to Lake Minnetonka. I, I thought to myself, gosh, I really love where I grew up and where I live. But as far as where I really want to be, like, there's this lake 20 minutes to the west of where I'm at that is just has everything. So I want to go over there and explore that. So we went over there, explored that, and just started talking to people about lake weed removal. And me being kind of unfamiliar with how or when you started, um, was there competition? Was there some like a blueprint to follow? Or are you the pioneer of lake weed removal by kind of this trade at Lake Minnetonka? You know, I think it's a good question. Um, I want to say that we are a pioneer for what we are doing. There is another company out there that was doing similar activities in the water, but it was a little bit different, and it was way more costly, more to the effect where I felt like this company was profiling the area based on their potential economic income mm -hmm. just to do things, whereas we saw a problem and we addressed the problem and we evaluated the problem as is not based on who the problem was coming from and i think that when we got into it there were there was us and there was another company and we had two different ideas but then we both saw what was going on and we kind of geared towards the same goal yet we were still a little bit different mm -hmm. we're still a little bit more old school in a sense where you have a problem you see a problem you address the problem as opposed to you see a problem, you do all these things to try to make it seem like a grander problem and then charge accordingly. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. And uh, not to point fingers or anything or to make what you're saying. Uh, I'm going to say it anyways. So those people are using um, scuba gear yep. and they're using tanks where they're submerging themselves for, I, I, I haven't done it, but I'm guessing for minutes at a time mm -hmm. versus life's a beach is you got a pair of goggles you got your uh, water shoes and your water gloves and the board shorts. And you, you dive down there, and whether you're in 10 feet waters or you're in 2 feet waters, it's just you and the goggles and your breath. And you got to figure out how you're going to handle the situation, how you're going to move through it. And me personally, my first job might have been the hardest one. So for all the marketing interns, the listeners out there that don't know my story with Life's a Beach, I w this was my first summer. My older brother had worked there the summer prior. So this was his summer two and my summer one. And he's a well-established Life's a Beach employee, um, well-respected. Like oh, yeah. He's got his own individual. Like He can handle everything if he needs to. Um, I go in there thinking, oh, 
P.I. crushed this. I'm going to be like, he's my blood. I'm going to be able to crush this too. I know I'm not great in the water, but I think I got this. Well, lo and behold, I jump in and the tides were pretty strong that day. And we jump off a dock and it was 10 feet off the front. And it was an initial. And I was ready to quit. <laughs> I was so ready to quit. I pulled up the first thing and I didn't pick up many weeds. And I was like, this is a lot harder than I thought because I couldn't hold my breath long enough to go down the 10 feet to get the root of the weed. And then I come up to the top and I'm like, all right, I got nothing. I got to try again. I go down the second time and I come up with way too much. And I'm, and I'm not near the dock to like, and I don't have a blue mat floating around me to kind of throw all the weeds on a blue mat. So I'm treading, I'm not the best treader. And I'm like getting submerged by the weeds and then coming back up and trying to figure out what to do with these weeds. And PI is just like, Andrew, what are you like? Just get your breath. Like, all right, I'm going to show you some technique. But, uh, it was a wild ride that first, first time, but then you get your bearings out there. And I truly think the way that life's a beach does it versus the competitor there's a lot more um, actual landscaping done towards the docks around it versus people going in there and treating it as, I don't know, some high and mighty, like you kind of putting it on a pedestal almost. You're, you're, you're a greenskeep, you're a landscaper um, gardener in the water, and that's kind of how I looked at it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we're trying to do versus scuba divers is we're, go- we're going down there and we're, we're selectively removing plants to enhance the swimming experience as opposed to going down there and removing 100% of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lake is a lake. We're not trying to change that, right? So if you're going down there and removing 100% of the habitat, now you're, you're taking it away from it being a lake. So, and that's kind of an important thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're down there, life's a beach town, you're doing some weed removal. You sink down to the bottom. You feel what's going on. You grasp that. You pull it out. It is a satisfactory moment. You don't necessarily need to pull too much because we're not trying to rip 100% of the vegetation down there unless that is required, unless that is being asked, unless it is predominantly AIS down there, AIS being aquatic invasive species. But, Uh yeah, it's a good time. How about, like, when you were first starting – how were how many times how were like were you at the head like on the front lines pulling weeds like how long were you doing that for before you like took a step back and had other people pulling weeds for you and they, before we got into the management position I should say you know how many, the only how the years, only man? thing that brought me into the management position and I've been doing this for about thirteen years and the only okay. thing that brought me into a management position is the fact that I've had some injuries that prevent me from doing laborious activities really? I mean there is nothing better. Then starting your day, jumping into the lake and pulling some weeds. It's liberating. <laughs> Love that. It, it really is. It's, uh, I mean, it's almost like uh, it just cleanses the body, you know, getting in there. So I, I, I was only able to perform some lake weed removal once this past year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was probably like three years ago where I had to transition out of actually doing the physical aspect of it. And it was really disappointing uh, because I like to see immediate results. And that's another benefit about this business is that you go into an issue, a home, a task, and you take care of it in less than an hour or two hours. Mm -hmm. It's crazy Mm -hmm. how I, when we arrive at a house and there's just three people going in there and you see all the, you're like, how the hell are we, are us, these, myself and these two other guys about to take all these weeds out? 
whether it's on the beach or you walk out to the dock and you have to take a swim area. Um, you got to go to Brazil and swim out to the uh, swim platform. Yeah, it's like I don't know how to do this. Like I, I'm, I'm incapable. And then you spend an hour and you get it done. And it's like when you think about it, when you break it down, the other option to remove to remove these weeds is to spend thousands of dollars to have somebody go into a laboratory, create some chemical, treat these weeds, and then disintegrate these weeds, and then a couple of weeks later they're gone. Whereas you you hire us, we go in there, and the problem's solved instantly. You know. Yeah. So when you when you look at like what we're able to do with what the other options are for lake weed management, it's uh, I mean, it's a, it's it's uplifting to the mind based on how you can enhance an aquatic lifestyle or an aquatic ecosystem. What I love about Life's a Beach and what I'm hearing right now is like, dude, ten years in the business you've been. And you're on the front lines and you're at the head of this company trying to acquire more customers and saying, yeah, I know how to do this. This is my job. I, I do it with all my other boys or girls, whoever, right? My, my guys back here. Oh, yeah. You're 18. Um, and you're and then you're competing against these guys who are these probably bigger companies. So you're you're too small for the big guys and you're bigger than the small guys. You're in this like super cool niche really golden area oh, yeah. where you can just prey on any sort of person that just wants it done. And that's your, that's your role. And really it's just a, it's now your job to just maximize that. Do, do, do you agree? No, I totally agree. Okay. And the whole challenge right now really is getting homeowners on lakes to believe that the new way of managing your lakes is the old school way. And mm-hmm. that's pulling the weeds, not going into a laboratory paying people to create something to treat something and then hope that it works yeah. it's creating unnecessary steps in something that can easily be be managed what about the uh the thing that you like it like rolls across the bottom of your dock do you know what i'm talking about a weed roller a weed roller there we go yeah. um are those equally as beneficial or what are those all about you know weed rollers are solid uh but you have to get permits for them to be able to operate and the majority of people that could utilize a weed roller are not going to be qualified to use them because Mm -hmm. of the um how much muck that they have in the area i want to say that you have to have four inches or less of muck and anybody that is on a lake knows that four inches of muck is pretty minuscule so they're really limiting the amount of people that could utilize a weed roller. Um, but they really do work. They, they do work. Um, I want to say that, you know, DNR requires a GPS system on that weed roller so they mm-hmm. know exactly what's going on. Right. But, you know, if you were to have a crew of people come down and act as a weed roller, it would still probably cost less, cost less oh, and yeah. uh, achieve more just by that manpower coming in there and reworking that lake. Love it. Another thing that I quickly noticed about Life's a Beach um, was the amount of respect that Life's a Beach has on Lake Minnetonka. Um, I don't know how many times, because I didn't have the pleasure of meeting you until probably a month and a half in when we had our first job at Back Channel, and mm-hmm. we had to clean um, your public dock that you have boats parked at um, for the brewery. But uh, how many times your name was brought up by a homeowner is Josh around or is Josh on, the, in, on, on this team? Can I talk to Josh? And I didn't know who you were, but I just knew for, through Patrick, a kind of, you're the owner and blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but everyone was like, I, I want to talk to Josh. Like, this is they, – they have so much respect for you and what you've brought to Lake Minnetonka because now it's been 13 years. I mean, that's a long time, and you have an established name across a massive lake, the lake in um, – Minnesota. One, I don't know if it's like the lake, but it's got high We're prestige. We're not from Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know. I can't rank the lakes and one from, yeah. five, from ten to one, but I know that it's got high prestige. It is the most heavily recreationally used lake in okay. the entire okay. state of Minnesota. It, it could be called the lake. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, this is this <laughs> is the, this is the back, right. right. This is the back pocket podcast where you have one Chicago native, one Denver native, explaining and uh, trying to unpack the best lake in Minnesota. Oh, All no, 10,000. You guys are doing a great job. Or crushing <laughs> yeah. This is great. But how cool is that? I mean, that's it's your it's almost your lake to, to a sense. It, you know, um, it's fun to think about it in that way. And I, I really do want to be the gatekeeper of mm-hmm. Lake Minnetonka. I think that we're in the land of 10,000 lakes. We have over 15,000 lakes, even though we call it the land of 10,000. Uh, but I call us ground zero for any new aquatic invasive species that's going to come into our state uh, because of the fact that we are the most recreationally used state. I mean, we're fi- Gray's Bay is 15 minutes from downtown Minneapolis. That is an easy jaunt for anybody to come in here who's educated, who's uneducated about fishing yet wants to go fishing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that people respect kind of what i'm doing i i really appreciate that and i want to do them a justice you know i don't want to do them an injustice by just sitting here and um you know spouting off things that are not worthy but Absolutely. based mm-hmm. on the fact that i've been involved in the lake for you know the better part of a decade and a half uh you know it, it's kind of fun to be able to continue to provide the lake and have some people pay attention to that yeah, really you've, you've built a legacy for sure and, you know, what's funny is this episode is released sometime in November and or maybe October 29th. I'll, I'll be doing my math wrong all, all over the place. But <laughs> what a seasonal time to talk about lakes and weed removal, you know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know. Well, I had the pleasure of, like, finishing off the Lake Life's a Beach season this year. Yeah. And it's a completely different ball game from day one when or I, I arrived a month in. So I didn't have the... Uh, supreme initials in like april may yeah i was in june yeah so the, the water was already warm yeah so i didn't get to f- the feel the the burr of lake minnetonka until uh what was it probably middle of september when we had to do an initial and i was like what we have to do an initial <laughs> and we brought out the the uh, the attic full of um swim gear like the full body suits that mm-hmm. we don't touch all season because you really don't need them but now that the water's so cold we're all running around like ninjas like ready to jump in the water oh man i and the coolest thing was no one even bad an eye like jumping in like you're committed to this job you jump in you got the lloyd brothers dan <laughs> and just getting in there and uh it was so fun and i like got out there i was like i cannot believe what i'm doing right now life's this a is beach life's a beach <laughs> <laughs> it's just a mindset dude yep not only a company but a mindset sometimes it's a bitch sometimes it's a beach you know you hope for the well, beach <laughs> that's phenomenal all right so let's trap let's trap it in here trap the puck average quality this is the pot back pocket earlier your wildly average podcast and we uh we've put you on a pedestal man you know you are you are legend. to a sense to a sense but oh, you deserve wow. it 13 I, I, don't, I don't know 13 I years i appreciate man. that but you know i appreciate it we look at you as a legend just as all those uh minnetonka home uh, homeowners are like where's josh we're like this is josh right here baby yeah you're damn right <laughs> <laughs> so man what is your 
average quality? Wow, my average quality would be more or less organization. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm really good at accomplishing things. I'm really good at, uh, you know, managing situations. But as far as like laying out a specific plan, sticking to the plan and executing it, that's just not me. <laughs> How, how's I, the moving process going without oh, organization? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very good point. Yes, I am going through a moving process right now, and it is quite tough because I am a very organized, disorganized person. I, and it's kind of an oxymoron, but you know, I know where things are at, but it's tough to just continue to follow through with those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a I had a I had a sports psychology professor at the University of Minnesota that I really enjoyed, and he used this term, academic adrenaline junkie, and that's kind of what I feel as myself. You know, I'm not necessarily dealing with dealing with academics right now, but if you were to call, you know, uh, life or a task, you know, like that is academic or a task. I am adrenaline junkie. I can't just take things efficiently and take care of them. I will wait to the last minute and execute, you know, properly, mm-hmm. but I'll wait to the last minute. And that's probably my average quality is that I can't stick to a schedule. That's too awesome, man. I mean, I just heard someone, Jordan Peterson, talk about like order and chaos and finding that balance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's kind of like exactly kind of that mindset of like the chaos is building, the chaos is building, boom, 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 boom. I got to bring an order. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let it build, but I know when I need to jump upon this chaos. I don't need to deal with it right now, but I know it's important at some point. Give it a few more days. Give it a few more hours. Boom. I'm going to attack it, and then you find the way to bring order to the chaos. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. So exactly. That's cool. That's so, yeah, my average quality would be the fact that I am a sub a, a, a below average scheduler. <laughs> <laughs> Love, Love it. it. That's just... Here, here's the thing, though. I, I think Andrew's got a great point, man. You got to have that that balance. And is like your what is like the life of Josh? Like a day a day in the life? Is it just putting out fires and you're attacking everything that comes your way, like right at the beginning? Because you're obviously not like organized and knowing what's ahead of your day entirely. So you just get surprised all the time. Is that kind of how it goes? Very good. That's a very good question. You know, honestly, I start my day the same way every single day. I wake up pump like a couple push-ups out just to get the blood flowing you just you know? wake up and just start doing push-ups just literally get out of bed and pump some push-ups You're out kidding. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes and uh <laughs> then i then i get some coffee and i read the newspaper the star tribune every single day love it it's my it's like it's what i do and then uh, sometimes it's a little longer sometimes it's not a good paper and i can just buzz through it mm-hmm. but uh then i'm set for the day and uh then yeah it's almost like I'll put out a couple fires, and then I try to have a couple tasks that I take care of, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's life's a beach related, um, back channel related, or even just for my personal self. Uh, you know, I try to just hammer those out uh, as early as possible so that you know the day is building on what I was able to do. That morning routine is that something that you kind of found maybe a family kind of like your father or your brother or something along those lines, or is that just something that you like? This simple little thing of reading the Star Tribune is is how it's just something that you found satisfaction early on in your life and you continued it. You know, I grew up playing sports. Um, I achieved my ultimate goal of going to play 
Division One hockey at Boston University, but I tore my ACL for the third time, which prevented me from going to achieve that or you know that dream. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was tough. So I uh, I went through a time period when I just kind of hung out, did my thing, had a lot of fun, and then I realized that I was not like happy with where my physical uh, body was at. So then I decided to really start taking care of myself, and I decided that that starts in the morning. And uh, when the newspaper thing came along, I was you know a member at Lifetime Fitness, and I would go. I would do the pool, then I would go sit in the sauna and read the paper. And I would just more or less like drain out all my toxins, kind of focus my mind, and then just get myself on a, a level plane to start the day. Right on. Maybe maybe pick up a few ideas from what I read in the paper that might be inspirational. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. Yeah, that's a great way. I mean, you bring up a good point, too, of like utilizing the morning routine as kind of a another i mean i hate to use that same example but the order and chaos i mean you bring your mind to a still a standpoint of like a breath Mm -hmm. of fresh air you're reading the paper it's so simple i mean some people get it through their phone um but you're going back to the paper having it tangible in your hand flipping through it i mean that's i grew up my dad or my grandpa um doing the same thing um he would watch over me when my parents were at work and He'd read through the paper and grab me donuts on the weekends. Nice. Was, that's how I that's how I started my mornings on the weekends as a kid. That's how you started your love for donuts, man. That's, that's <laughs> what I heard about donuts. <laughs> <laughs> I would get two donuts from that uh, that is it a holiday right next to the uh, True Value? I think it's a holiday. Yeah, that we get the part right in the park and ride. Yeah, nice. I get two donuts every morning. Just that's how I'd start my day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so That's a good day. That's <laughs> so awesome. So let's touch on uh, back channel, man back channel that's from what i read it was you use like the fermented weeds or use the weeds to help ferment the beer to create back channel did that end up like coming to fruition or how how did it all it is a small avenue of back channel to remain sustainable in a sense where we would utilize um organics to enhance our brewery um and you know with life's the beach we are managing aquatic invasive species as well as invasive or aquatic invasive species. Mm-hmm. Um, and the term harvesting in the world of lake weed removal means to remove weeds, whether it's mechanically, manually, or chemically. And I always, in the, but the majority of um, lake weed management is done by the chemical aspect of it. And I always thought that that was kind of ridiculous that it was termed harvesting when you're pouring chemicals, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not harvesting anything of that. Right, I mean, right. it's, it's not happening. <laughs> so the whole idea of that was we wanted there, – there's hops, there's grains, there's barley. There's ingredients that are grown locally that go into beer, right? Mm-hmm. So we wanted to take it a step further and try to enhance what we're growing – by utilizing what is growing in our lakes, uh, specifically aquatic invasive species, because they are taking over space, they're taking over, um, you know, the ecosystem for our normal aquatic life to, to thrive in, whether it be fish or plants. So we wanted to pull that out, utilize it as nutrient-rich content to turn it into nutrient-rich, nutrient-rich compost, which would in turn enhance the soil which would in turn produce delicious hops wheat barley 
anything that you might want to put into beer. I didn't know that. Okay, so then mm-hmm. that's kind of the stage and the process of it. Why not? Yeah, so it's like, it's all cyclical. So you go and you jump in the lake, you pee, <laughs> and you go out, you drink your beer, you come back in the lake, you pee. I'm just kidding about the whole like peeing aspect of it, yeah. right? I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of like it's cyclical in a sense where you go, you, you're pulling weeds out of the lake, you turn it into compost, you grow that compost, you grow that ingredient, you put that ingredient in a beer, you drink that beer, you pee that back in the lake, and all of a sudden you're growing it again. See <laughs> what I'm saying? Dude, I love wow. it. Yeah. For the simple guys out there, absolutely. That's the process. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And That's I apologize that I didn't start that as eloquently as I wanted to no, initially. No, but, you, know. you came full circle, man. And it is a circle. And I love that. Where did you find the passion to start? Why a brewery? Yeah, why a brewery? Hmm. Because I, uh, yeah, yeah, no, sure. It was probably about seven years ago. You know, I was coaching high school hockey at Orno with a good friend of mine who uh, was in, uh, named Aaron Johnson, who was the head coach at Orno at the time. He's the head coach at Buffalo uh, boys hockey team right now. And, you know, I love hockey. I mean, that's that's what I grew up doing. And for the longest time, uh, I thought that that was going to be my true passion. I went to school at the U of M, or I went to school at a few different places, ended up at the U of M for sport management. And my goal was to become the youngest general manager of the NHL. I wanted to run an NHL team. Um, but lake weeds were... <laughs> too much in my life for me too enticing yeah no it really was it really was so i was i was going to school at the u i just really liked the physical aspect of of life's beach i loved when summer came around and i was going to be in the best shape of my life because i was out there physically removing weeds talking to people i was i was getting a workout i was getting a tan i was earning money and i was building relationships i mean there was nothing better than life's beach you know that that was just the best Mm -hmm. and then with the connections that i had in hockey it was fantastic i mean i was able to build on those i was able to uh, run a hockey league for 11 years called the xl hockey league and uh, that was my goal i wanted to use that as an avenue to get into hockey um but Life's a beach was just kind of too much. Hockey became or began to fade a little bit, and I decided that I wanted to really find something that was a true passion in my life. And beer became that passion roughly seven years ago, right around the time that the beer boom was, uh, you know, coming around in Minnesota. There was a lot of breweries popping up. Surly just had the uh, the Surly Law past where you're able to have you're able to produce beer on site as well as have a tap room and when that was going on all these breweries were popping up and you know i was naive to what beer was um seven years ago so i started tasting all these different beers and my my mind began to expand as far as the beer world was was concerned my wife and I traveled to many breweries around the states. We realized that, okay, this is pretty cool. Let's go to all these beer cities throughout the country that are supposed to be so great. And uh, we started going to all these beer cities throughout the country. Asheville, North Carolina, Denver, Colorado, Seattle, San Diego, Bend, Oregon, Portland. And that's when it really clicked to the point where Beer was not a hobby anymore. Beer was the the next route. That's what we wanted to pursue. Nice. So it was it was pretty cool to realize, or it was it was pretty cool 
to find a new love after hockey, especially since like I spent my whole life pursuing a goal, uh, achieving goal, said goal, mm-hmm. and then not necessarily being able to um, realize it. So being able to and take that, on and that beer, goal being the goal hockey. being able to pl- play Division One hockey and, mm-hmm. and pursuing that. Um, I have a nephew that plays for the New York Islanders. Uh, so he was, I, I joked that I took all the injuries so that he could go through unscathed and become a professional hockey player. But with that, I was given the, uh, the route of brewing and the route of beer. And, you know, I don't want to say that I'm more passionate about it than I was hockey, but it's pretty awesome right now. And I'm really excited with where we're at. So I, I mean, I didn't necessarily do my research enough, I think, because, okay, so this XL Hockey League, you had coexisting with Life's a Beach, and that start date was pretty similar to the rounds Life's a Beach started? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, the XL Hockey League probably started in 2003 by a gentleman named Dave Jensen. He was uh, my brother's high school hockey defenseman, but Dave was also the captain of the 84 Gopher hockey team played on the uh, the USA Olympic team for 80, 1984, played for the Gophers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, played for the North Stars mm-hmm. and just kind of created this avenue. So I was like, I'm going to utilize this connection and get into hockey and do what I can. But And your brother's much older than you. Yes, I have older brothers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. my, my, my oldest brother, the brother that I'm talking about, is 24 years older than myself right oh, now. Oh, smokes. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. He's 58. Yeah, because you're talking about your brother's you said his defenseman is that yeah yeah his so, defensive and, and partner all of these accomplishments i was like holy smokes i mean i'm pretty sure you're roughly in your 30s yes yes yeah, so yes. this is this is kind of crazy <laughs> but yeah. okay so he's um uh, he was 50 or he's 58 um and he started the xl hockey league and then in 2003 and he brought you on in, in those starting yeah. periods i reached out to my brother okay. uh it was after my second acl surgery Mm-hmm. Um, where I was about to go to Boston, but then I wasn't able to play because I had torn my ACL so late in the season that there was just no chance to recover over mm-hmm. summertime and get back into it. And I reached out to my brother. I was like, hey, I need something to do. Like, I can't play hockey anymore. And he's like, hey, call Dave. And uh, Dave hooked it up, and, yeah, I'm still good friends with Dave, and we communicate all the time. And Sweet. Yeah. Hey, and then crazy. that kind of faded out, your, your role yep. in management. It, okay. You know, last year was the first year that the XL Hockey League did not exist. Oh, wow. Know? Yeah. And uh, it was because of the brewery, because I did not have enough time and or energy to continue to try to pursue this. Uh, the XL Hockey League is a great thing, but it wasn't necessarily supported by Minnesota Hockey, which is the governing body of Minnesota Hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's unfortunate they didn't see it as a beneficial thing to youth athletes because it was more or less geared towards kids that grew up playing hockey as well as other sports but then they stopped playing hockey because they excelled in that other sport right right so it was a it was a league predominantly for high school kids that excelled in lacrosse baseball football basketball you name it right Okay. But still want to get on the ice. But still want to get on the ice. Yeah. Right on. You know one yeah. thing I want to talk about too was you mentioned like this this moment where you're like okay I realized that I couldn't achieve my dream playing D1 hockey. I couldn't achieve my dream playing uh, or being a manager, the youngest manager of hockey. And then you you ended up going into back channel and finding a passion there. Mm-hmm. There are so many people out there right now that you know for whatever whatever expectation they had, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And 
that's the reality and it happens all the time or they achieved it and now it's gone right they tear their acl they get too old they you know there's a million other things they start a family they start a family you know Mm -hmm. life life's a beach life's a beach (laughs) nice and so i guess i wanted to tap in and just figure out like dive into the mindset of josh at that time where it's like man you finally realize you've come to the end and now looking back at it, you got this sweet passion but like what was your mind back then wow yeah no that's a that's a great question it, it, it was rough it was definitely a rough time frame to pursue you know to spend so much time pursuing this goal and then not necessarily realizing it uh you know it's a reality check and you almost you just you just need to support your new decision within yourself to be able to do it and to be able to just say hey like you know my perception of this is that i'm now moving on to something greater it's not that i was not able to accomplish something right you're just more or less moving on if you're able to to, um, tell yourself that that's what's going on then you're good to go I mean, perception is a huge thing. Whatever happens to you happens to you, and it should be perceived by you. So the fact that I was not able to accomplish my goal as a hockey player means that I'm just going to be able to go and accomplish something else. It opens the door for another opens opportunity. opens the door for another mm-hmm. opportunity, something that I may exceed greater at than what I was doing previously. You have the ability to set your perception. That's so cool. And I mean, just bringing that note up, I mean, it's something that you hear not all the time, but enough to understand what it means, but not enough people truly grasp that. Like you have the ability when a situation happens to you, anything in that matter happens to you, you can handle how you perceive that. You decide. Yes. Yep. It's so hard to do, yet it's it's the simplicity of your control is, it's difficult, um, but it's it's what you have to offer. And then you then you put into the intention aspect like okay now that hockey's over now that something in your life's over for you was hockey um you have to create that intention and you started with life's a beach and then it took you and combining that with the xl hockey league and now you have back channel brewery i mean this is a really cool story i mean i did not necessarily know your story and in in full and kind of the pieces and where they fit in and I apologize to our listeners, our marketing interns, if, I, if I'm kind of sporadic with all of these type of questions because I just keep hearing all these really cool tidbits and I want to unpack them. Um, so with the brewery, you, going back to the brewery, you started the brewery and now you're over a year in. You've had the year anniversary, mm-hmm. correct? Okay. Correct. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Yes. Um, how's that going and where, where do you kind of see the future of Back Channel? It's going really, really well. Um, we consider us so we're a smaller brewery, right? And we, I like to say that we want to brew for the masses, but we. So we want. I don't know, let me rephrase that. We want the masses to know about our beer, but we don't want to brew for the masses. In a sense, where we want to stay small, we want to brew for our area and just dominate what we're doing. We almost wanted to have tunnel vision in a sense where we don't want to get too big because when you get too big, all of a sudden now you are straying from your goals, your ideals, your identity of who you're, who you are, and people don't see you as the same when you're that big, right? Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to rein it in and really trying to grow organically to the point where we are not missing anything, not losing anything, but more or less building upon what we've created. 
So you're basically building a, a foundation right now. That's a good word. More for so it. like brick by brick, but in the sense of, you know, you really want to, you're not, you're not trying to appease to all the hipsters that like beer. You're trying to appease to the hipsters who love you, who love back channel and love beer. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you're trying to go out there and hit a home run with everyone, then you don't have an identity. I mean, you're just this right. chameleon that's trying to go out there and mold with any group that you're with. But if you have an identity and a, and a, and a mindset and a, and, a, and a pathway of where you want to take it, mm -hmm. you just stick with that and just keep doing what you do, you know. I love it, man. And that's that's stuff that we're trying to do as well because we're like in this. Grow locally type thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we have aspirations of being, you know, the biggest podcast ever and stuff like that. And we yeah. want, But we want to reinforce and always, always, always come back to the core of two knucklehead podcasters, two wildly average guys. And and it's the growth is, is the fun part. The growth, the process, the conversation that we get to have with no distractions. It's uh, hair stands up on my head when I talk about right? it. Right. We just get to talk to you you and on a random, yeah, what awesome. is today, Wednesday, yeah. and have this really cool conversation. And yeah. I absolutely love. That's what I love doing. Oh, we're going to do it again, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that. It's that growth aspect. I mean, uh -huh. we're 22 years old, and we really don't have that total picture of what the back pocket could be. We don't really know, and we love that. We love that yeah. we can make this whatever we want it to be, whether it's our full-time position or whether it's something that we dominate from five to nine instead of the nine to five. I'm jealous of that. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. I wish, I love where I'm at, but I wish that I could go back to that inventive stage where you're following your passion. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like, it's very admirable what you guys are doing. Thank you. And hearing your story, I mean, that gives that, that reinforced inspiration from your end. I mean... It's not easy to figure it out, and you're not going to have it figured out, but there are plenty of ways to maneuver through those obstacles to figure it out. And just having that simple mindset. I mean, the thing of doing whatever, how many push-ups, getting in the morning, doing your push-ups, and reading the Star Tribune, the, the impact that that has on an individual, whether it's that or something else, to start a day is incredible. That's something that you start in consistency, and then boom, you, you attack your day. Those simple things play off into, okay, now Life's a Beach needs to do these simple things. Back Channel needs to do these simple things. It all is incorporated into every endeavor. I mean, and that's something that we are trying to figure out what are our small consistencies that we need to embody. And uh, I'm not going to say we have the answers. Like we always say, we're two wildly average guys moving through the podcast industry, and we love that we're in the, the ability to maneuver through it. And sorry for that little rant. I just was, I'm totally inspired and fired up right now through this conversation. Damn right. Mm -hmm. I got a question. Um, you mentioned like you missed being in the inventive stage, uh, kind of what we're in, I guess. What would you, uh, what kind of advice do you have to um, a couple guys like us and our interns, our marketing interns, our listeners who are in a similar stage? Wow. That's a good one. Um, gosh, close your eyes and like see what you see yourself doing and just, just do it you know like you have the power to wake up and control your own day there's a there's always going to be a few hours that you got to take care of some shit you know mm -hmm. but depending on if you wake up early or stay up a little later you can accomplish like what you're needing to accomplish and it's just like close your eyes see where you see yourself at and then be there thank you 
that's we, we got to rock through that a little bit, you know. Yeah, no. What do I want to do, man? Mm-hmm. I feel like that takes some time, though, it right? It is gonna take time. I'm okay. thirty. I'm thirty-four years old, you know, and I like just got into the groove of doing what I'm doing now for the rest of my life, which is beer. Mm-hmm. And taking and your, weeds and weeds, yes, <laughs> absolutely, man. And uh, again, taking you back a little bit to the hockey days. Um, what were some of those things that you that competitive? Because everyone needs one. If you're a college athlete or an athlete, nonetheless, you're always going to have that inner competition kind of pushing you in some maneuver in some way. And how are you able to capture and harness that competition, that that passion to compete in an industry now? Yeah, I'm super grateful that I grew up playing sports first and foremost. Um, that is what gave me the drive to compete. And every day I'm more or less competing with my previous self in a sense where I need to learn a little bit more. Like that's, that's what I'm competing with right now. Um, back in the day, it used to be a challenge because I was trying to dominate, you know, physically, like being the most healthy person I could be, being the most accomplished person I could be. And now that I'm a little bit more settled in my every single day life, um, I'm comfortable with all of those with all of those things, but I just like to shoot. I just lost my train of thought. What was your question again? The competition aspect the competition of, 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 aspect of a student of athlete um, being able to now take that, and you know your your actual athletic performance is now coming to a close. How are you able to put that into a work setting? Yeah, no, I uh, I'm in the brewery world, but I look at the brewery world the same as I look at the sports world. I'm mm-hmm. competing. I am not here to be complacent whenever we achieve something good. We're trying to achieve something greater the next day. And it's that competitive aspect of it where you're constantly moving forward that really helps out. You Mm -hmm. need that. You need it. A success is just another opportunity to work. No doubt. (laughs) Simple as that. Absolutely. Build Mm -hmm. on it. Build on it. And that's kind of what we, well, we really, we had Coach Caruso on our podcast, I think, episode 29 of season two yeah so we played st thomas football for four years awesome yeah yep and it's funny when we started this podcast like we really just embodied everything that we learned on the field we didn't really realize it at the time um but that's what it ended up being man you were not experienced by any means and you weren't experienced in the brewery world a year ago correct and you just had a passion for it right Mm -hmm. you got to figure it out somehow Mm -hmm. and the only way to do it to figure it out is by literally doing it yeah. and having the confidence again, going back to that, of just next, the next step, taking it small, small increments at a time, build, building that equity, building that self-confidence and just attacking, man. It's, it's fun. It's fun. It's just, it's fun to talk about. I love, I love just like unpacking that mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every individual. Um, and uh, do you have any particular questions? Back pocket. Yes. What's in your back pocket, man? Did you did we give you the framework? It's it's basically when you are in like a stressful situation, whether you're anxious, whether it's a high stress, high pressure situation, what do you like rely on in terms of like a mental attribute that is gonna get you through that that moment? You know, in all honesty, I will honestly I just take a deep breath. It sounds kind of, you know, mundane, but uh, I operate really well in high stressful situations. And if you can kind of just sit there and be and absorb it, 
like that's huge um giving an initial reaction right away for something can be negative whether it's a positive positive reaction or a negative reaction uh it still might not be your true reaction so if you can sit there and absorb something for three seconds that's a that's a huge thing and for me no matter what type of situation is going to happen whether i'm about to get attacked or whatever i can still kind of assess that situation for a few seconds before really getting involved love that is there like a is there a moment or was there a time where like would you share a story of like when you really had to take that deep breath oh man I wish I would have prepared for that one. I would have a good story. <laughs> um, well, maybe I'll give you time to think about it, and I'll sidetrack here. Um, dang, I don't. I was gonna. I had something for you, or I had something that I was gonna talk about. Give yourself a second. We can always, you know, weave it in there mm-hmm. because I, I, I think this is a fun question because taking a deep breath and assessing yourself in a situation. Um, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing right here. We have you have a question asked, and it's kind of like, all right. I really feel like I want to totally dominate dominate this question. <laughs> Utilize this question because this is something that I have. I have plenty of examples, but I want to tap into my Josh Letty um, psyche. Psyche, the uh, the hard drive that you know is stored in your closet. You don't have it on you all the time because there is just so many of those. And this is a situation. It could have been the first time you tore your ACL, or it could have been something like. Oh my gosh, life's a beach is in. I'm in over my head now. I, I didn't know I had to buy this many trucks and wheelbarrows. Or you, or you just come up from the water physically, and you got way too, too much weed sweet. in your hand. And Andrew you don't and Sarah know, style. Andrew and Sarah style. We <laughs> literally don't know how to tread water. It's your first day. Like you're not naturally buoyant, and then your brother just tells you, "Hey, man." Take a deep breath. This is how you do it. That's good. That's good. There you go. That's good. Yeah. There you go. Gonna, as I talk about this, I'm going to try to think of a comical one. Okay. All right. Right on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've had many injuries, and I'll have many situations where I will uh, like tweak my body, and I'll be in just this horrible mind state, but I know that I'm going to take care of myself later on. I'll be all right. Okay. That's not a good example. Is, is this like yeah. uh, is this when you're like older though? Like this is like well, oh, this man. is when, no, when this happens. After think about a hockey player. I'm like a different breed. I've torn my. I've had three ACL surgeries. I've broken my back. I've torn my labrum, my hip, partially torn hip abductor muscles. Yeah, multiple herniated discs. All of this. Is this it, mainly through hockey? All through hockey. All through, all oh through hockey. God. Transition a little bit to life's a beach because I was just. Lang- just it's fucking, mainly I lingering and gung ho, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I was just, I just wanted to take care of some shit. Holy smokes! So you were like, man, and then you were in life's a beach for ten years, and like you suddenly were like, yeah, I, you know, I had to step away, you know, because because of these injuries. I'm like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I didn't really, was, I, yeah, didn't con- was, I didn't contextualize it I quite like a, that. I had a doctor tell me that I was never gonna be able to do any physical activity or get on the ice in my entire life and that was um eight years ago wow yeah and i said no that's Mm -hmm. bullshit and uh then i went and i saw my nephew's agent who is neil sheehy and you can actually start looking at um articles about him he's basically like a modern day shaman and he oh. is dealing with Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter right now and doing this neuromuscular therapy shit that is just game-changing. I mean, I've had crippling nerve pain to the point where I can't 
flush a toilet or touch my foot and then all of a sudden I do jumping jacks and all this type of stuff. So it's like, so when I go back to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait a second. Through basic shit. Through basic shit. I don't take Advil. I don't take any sort of pain pills. I don't do anything. And I have herniated discs, all this other shit going on. And I just like to be in tune, like with my body. Oh, this is, dude, again, we're opening another box. Yeah, oh, we wait, are, we yes. are. Let's go down, dude. I need to hear it's more. the wormhole. Yes. I need to, we need to be in this wormhole right now. Okay, so health and wellness, treating your body. You totally, your body went through the ringer, clearly. A tornado effect. Yep. And now this Nick Letty's agent, yep. he, he, he kind of brought you into this. Was there anything prior to that that kind of gave you like a, a light at the end of the tunnel, like I can save my body? Or was this kind of like nine start? Year, nine years ago, I had a doctor tell me that I'm never going to be able to play sports again. I had a epidural in my spine, which is a giant needle into your spine to inject cortisone, which would help relieve pain. And all they were doing was hitting nerves. It was the worst, worst experience of my entire life. So this thing to try to like relieve pain caused more pain. And they told me I'm never gonna be able to do anything ever in my entire life. When I saw my nephew's agent, he put tape on my ankle and I was pain free. What? And then beyond that, I do these weird, he does these weird adjustments in the roof of my mouth and around my brain, my like brain tissue, basically like removing previous concussions and just writing my brain you can go in there with the worst limp ever and you're good to go you gotta go i'll show you guys this article yeah no this is i am shook because i I will introduce you to this guy yeah let's get this man on the podcast i've had some lingering he's got an uh... economic degree from harvard he's got a law degree from william mitchell and he's got a neuromuscular therapy thing going on and he's he played in the nhl forever okay yeah local guy He's from Thief River Falls. Okay. Wow. Okay, sweet. This is even better. So is, so neuromuscular therapy yeah. is what you are doing to That's boil it down, to simplify it, to put it in something that I can go research, essentially. Yeah. I mean, okay. my, my, my bread and butter for a day for me is to make sure that my brain and my muscles are communicating properly so that I can operate properly. Mm. As weird as that sounds. Dang, dude. Yeah. I was going to suggest, you know, you, you have this really nice routine. And I think we could be a part of it. Um, you know, Star Tribune, it's great. Yeah. I love the Star Tribune. It used to be, one used to be the Star, one used to be the Tribune. Now there's the, the Star Tribune. Strib. Strib. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, uh, let me pitch you on something else here. If you were to go do, you know, do some push-ups, um, go make some breakfast, you know, and keep your new normal team as normal as you possibly can. But just uh, maybe go on yourbackpockets.com and read a blog or uh, listen to one of our podcasts. We got eighty, what, nine of us? Yes. I think you would enjoy that, man. I'm going to enjoy the shit out of that. All right. And and while you're at it, maybe uh, leave us a subscription and a five-star review. And that goes along with all of our marketing interns. Can I do a 10-star review? Yeah, you could. You absolutely can in the comment section below. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because this right now is a 10-star review with Josh Letty. Shut up. And that's where you got to set those expectations because – and that actually brings me to my next point, which is a great transition, is you should have like a side company that rates shores. Like you're talking about like, dude, the oh, best I know, shore I know, I know. the best shore ever is like, you guys got to go hang out at Lloyd Fl- oh, or Fletcher's. You got to go hang out at Fletcher's, dude. Their shore is dope, right? But you got to have like 
a rating system of this so people know like where's the best place to have a beer on the shoreline and then you can leverage that um, for when there are ones that get bad star reviews you go life's a beach goes to these people like yo dude shore rating has you uh has you down right now you guys are <laughs> at like a two and a half i want to get you to a five i'm on the lake minnetonka association board of directors and my next goal will be to determine a shoreline class level that determines if you're, if you have a good place to jump in and swim. Or okay. Yes. Yeah. I like I've it. been wanting to do that for a while, and I'm gonna make it happen now. Love right. it. That's like a, that's pretty much a a very more. Oh professional yeah, seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house is beautiful, but you got a D for a shoreline. I don't want that crap, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, get involved in real estate and really see how muscles over there. Like, oh, I don't my need gosh. that. Yeah. No, we got to get those all. <laughs> yeah. <out. laughs> Oh man, that's phenomenal, man! But good, I love the idea. Yeah, I like it, man. And I think it's I'll that mindset. A, I'll hook you up. I'll give you a little residual. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> very nice, very Put nice. Put the back pocket stamp on the side. Yeah, yeah. 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 CC that up. Um, but I think it's that mindset, though. Going back to it, like, if you wanna, you got. It's all about quality. Some, like, in my opinion, it's all about quality. Quality over quantity. Yeah, and your life's a beach. When you go and clean up a lake, it's I want that person to feel like they got the freaking best shoreline in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Their 10 star review of what life's a beach is. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like that Airbnb thing where the creator was like, all right, if I want someone to have this five star review, what would that look like? Well, they open the door, they greet their person, uh, their, their housemate or whoever they walk them in the door, blah, blah, blah. And then he like worked up to what a 10 star would be. And it was like, Bill Gates picks you up from the airport. The Rolling Stones are in the back. You guys go to the moon, (laughs) come back down and that's your trip. Yeah. Right. But then he it's unachievable. Back. But it's got to be something in that order to make. Oh, that's a ten star. Yeah. Type of thing to yeah. make the five star the par on a on a on a par four. You know, like an easy par four. You get the par. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the easy and achievable, I guess, is where I'm really going. Because um, the the expectation should you get you should get a five star. Yes. It shouldn't be. Oh, the, an average is a three-star type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're getting a five-star, you're checking all the boxes. Exactly. Example. And exactly. Because all those boxes are grand. Oh, the best. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what you're getting at? Okay. I, I just I, want – I was walking myself through what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, no. I was yeah. unpacking it. You were unpacking it. Josh is just soaking this in. Yeah, yeah. Being a sponge. <laughs> uh, and I think that's plenty of us talking. Um, and I want to put the ball in your court. So – We've asked you plenty of questions through this this hour that we've already spent together. Are there any questions you have for us at this point? Hmm. Did I miss something about the back pocket thing? Did I include all the information? Did you get everything out of me that you needed? Mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, for, now. That, for now. For so now. So we'll bring you back. Let me ask you guys, like, what is your goal from the back pocket? Mm. Andrew, you go, man. So – Going back to the point of what you're doing with the brewery right now is kind of where we see and what we're thriving in, in a standpoint of growing locally. And we're talking to one guest and saying, hey, what are a couple other guests that you feel like would love to come on the show? And then they lead us into those guests. And now we are building ourselves to be like this really cool collaboration network that we have the ability to bring value to an audience, um, to an individual, to a brand. And I think that's really cool. And I love that we have the ability to do that in the Twin Cities right now because we're two guys that didn't know what the Twin Cities were all about until four years ago when we came up to University of St. Thomas to play some ball. 
and now we've been here for five years or, or just under five years. And, uh, I love it here. I love it here. And, uh, I'm meeting so many people now through this podcast. So the ability, the ability to talk to these individuals for an hour, 30 minutes, whatever it ended up may be, and having that, and then finding the way that money comes in, that's the next, that's the next step, right? That's the most difficult part because if you want this to be a five to nine or a nine to five, you can't just make it a hobby. It's mm-hmm. got to have some type of infl- inflow. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that comes in, if that's sponsorships or if that's something other lines of us promoting this company, I'm not sure how to take that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working through with other people right now. We're talking our way through it. But right now we're just enjoying speaking in the mic with Josh Letty. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the best part is like, um, yeah, there needs to be an – uh, in an essence of scalability, right? You know, we're not just going to be, we're not going to be 60 years old and living in a house in uptown and really just promoting the hell out of everyone in the Twin Cities, right? Like yeah. there needs to be a scalability, a model that we can follow, but it's the model that's the biggest question, right? It's okay. We love having conversations. We love producing and building that context for our audience and we love getting new people how does that fit all into a, like a box and you can show to someone and say, Hey, this is our podcast. Are you interested? You know? Mm-hmm. And that's really where we're heading and that's uh, how we're trying to grow. And that's a big, what I'm explaining is like, it seems like Mount Everest right now. Right. But it's one step at a time to get to the top. Totally. And that's totally. where we're at, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys are making headway. Thank like you. It. Appreciate it. And uh, this brings us to our final question. A simple question. Yet uh, Some people kind of overlook it. It's a learning question. It's simple. What did you learn from the time that uh, you woke up to when we're having this conversation right now? Hmm. What did I learn? Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> you know, I learned that um, what you what you do in you, meaning like yourself, is is special no matter what, and there might be somebody that wants to be um, more informed about that. So you got to take pride in what you're doing. Absolutely. So I think I learned yeah. on my way out here, heading from Mound, west side of Lake Minnetonka, out to Uptown, it made me appreciate what I do a little bit more. So I learned that today. Right on. That's a hell of a, what did you learn? Thank you, Josh. I really do appreciate all the time you've given us. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank Cheers. you, guys. I look forward to next time. That's a wrap. Josh Letty, thank you so much for coming on the show. You were my boss. Now you're a close friend. I'm looking forward to the next time you come on the Back Pocket Podcast. Absolutely. Not only is he a close friend, he is a recurring guest. Cannot wait to come back, have him come back and uh, talk about his crazy path in neuro, what was it, neuromuscular therapy? Yeah, I think something along those lines. Yeah. That's bananas. Unbelievable. Like his body went through the ringer and then he's like, I just want to, now I just want to clean up beaches. And he just still full send on that. Yeah. I like, I mean, when he said like, yeah, I really had to stop cleaning beaches. I took it, I took it was like with a grain of salt, like, oh yeah, like I would not, wouldn't want to do that. But then when he was talking about all the serious injuries that he had, how we literally could not clean beaches. I was like, wow, good for him. <laughs> Nuts. I, I was my first time really getting to know him too. Mm-hmm. And I truly appreciated every second because at times I really, you know, I, when you have a new guest on anyone for that matter like you have to feel out the cards test the personality Mm -hmm. find the right questions be able to play the field and uh that was fun with josh because i you know i really did not know who he was and once you found out it just the minnesotan roots i loved it 
I, th- I we thrived in that conversation. I oh, think. we thrived, and we're thriving now, dude. Welcome to the back end, marketing interns. For all of you that are uh, new listeners, thank you for being here. Thank you for making it this far. Uh, we appreciate everyone that makes it this far to the back end. We're going to finish with an average quality, a what did you learn, and a feel-good story like we always do. Second time we're doing it. Biggest yeah. improvement from one to two. This is a new back end. We no longer have that uh, that front end kind of portion. It's a, it's a combo back end now. Mm-hmm. So th- let's see how we improve. Absolutely. And speaking of improvement, the party, man. That's mm-hmm. our average quality this week is planning the party. And you know what? We're bringing, we're having an, a bonus episode um, to talk about the party. About all, and it's going to be funny to reflect on this conversation right now, not knowing what's on the other end of that. Yeah, because we're going to talk about right now all the things that went into preparing for this party. Mm-hmm. However, next episode, when we talk about this party, we're going to talk about all the things that happened that we just didn't figure out that we needed to plan for. Didn't even cross our minds. Yeah. Not even close. Oops. <laughs> Whoops. All right, but what, what are we starting with, man? What do, what do you got first? So it, st- it starts with having Yam House come into the studio um, September 29th, literally 30 days before the event happened, and Declan goes straight up, you guys want to play at our Halloween party. And Seth looks down at his calendar, says we're free, and um, they were in. Lawrence was like, I, I, Lawrence was like, absolutely, we can make this happen. And then I was like, kind of thrown back because I didn't really process that this was the conversation that we we're having. Like we were in, like I thought the meeting was about us helping them out with marketing. And then Declan drops the ball within the first, drops that hammer within the first, like I don't know, sixty seconds. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, I gotta be like locked in now. Like I now I'm tra- now I immediately went into like, all right, we gotta just figure everything out because we didn't necessarily yeah. do all the prep work from our end. Yeah. To have everything figured out prior to talking to them. Which looking back on it, if I think that would have been a good idea, maybe yeah. just to like see if we needed a sound permit, which we did, see if we need to notify the neighbors, which we did, and you know, kind of go through all those logistics. Yeah, it would have been smart to maybe have that conversation before. Um, but I guess when you explained like, hey, um, this is a meeting to help Yam House out with marketing. I mean, having them play at our house is definitely in that uh, the realm. Own, yeah, in that realm, I guess. But um, either way, man, it started with that. We uh, we then go into the sound permit. We buy we purchase a sound permit, which is just crazy to think. Like you write to the city city of Minneapolis, like, hey, we're throwing a glorified house party. There's a live band playing in the back, and um, yeah, can we do it? And will the noise be fine? Yeah, <laughs> and we got it through. We got it through. Worked so, out. Worked out totally fine. So hopefully, there no, nothing went wrong with um, with that with that in, in terms of like the the police or neighbors complaining. We do have two policemen cc'd on our a sound permit that are just totally in our back pockets for this party yeah absolutely welcome uh, they can come over have a good time with us no no questions asked mm-hmm. and then how about this notifying the neighbors that was a hilarious hilarious time because you know this is a house i mean we it's five guys in a house we each have a room it, it's we a all home. live yeah it's a home we all live together and our neighbor so same thing and our neighbors on the when we're facing our house the neighbors to the right same mm-hmm. thing same thing and to detail like to our marketing in terms of what our block looks like, it's nothing. No, there's no more homes. It's literally just two homes on the block. It's two homes and it's oversized houses that are all individually leased condos. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. And we had no idea because on the outside, it just looks like a house. It's like, oh, Larry lives there. You know, no, no big deal. It looked like it, they all look like family homes. 
And we go out there to ready to hand out our flyers, our notes, and saying, hey, if you guys have any problems, if you guys want to come to the party, here's a little list of like what's going on. Yeah, bet, just bringing a bunch of business cards, thinking like we're going to be handing them out. No, didn't hand up a, a single one. And we realized, okay, we're, let's save all the apartments for last. Well, it turns out every place is a glorified apartment or an actual apartment. So then we just went strictly from notification to market this thing. And so we started plastering our letters like everywhere, dude. It was unbelievable. I think it worked. Hopefully, no neighbors had any issues. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it. I, we got to talk to the most important one, which is the home yeah. to the right of us, and they were all for it. They're all for it. They're having their own party, it turns out, so uh, good for them. And then, uh, dude, the uh, the anxiety, like, it, just speaking in the current moment, like now, the, the anxiety of, like, worrying, or not worrying about, but just, like, all, um, always kind of on your toes about preparation of, like, okay, who's buying tickets, or who's coming, who's not coming. I texted, like... 50 freaking people this week right just to say are you coming hey. or are you interested oh yeah and mm-hmm. i'm sure like the people that are listening to this like oh yeah i got a text from andrew or declan it's like yeah we literally texted every single person it's bananas and hey so far as of recording this on october 25th a thursday night wednesday yeah, thursday night thursday yeah thursday. and uh i think we got a solid number i don't we don't need necessarily the the the, the influx of like a last minute push mm-hmm. but it'd be nice it would it, be nice, dude. It'd, it'd be, be nice. It'd be nice. Uh, we'd, we'd, we'd take it. Yeah, we wouldn't say no. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I think the cost of this party was the biggest anxiety. Like how much of our own money might be going into this? Mm-hmm. Will there be uh, a balanced, like will we come out even? Will we have to, will we make some profit? That's the anxiety part because money always lies in that factor. Like that's mm-hmm. always on your, that's always on the forefront of your mind. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, Bauhaus, dude, we Bauhaus, forgot about that part that's too. The mo- I was good that, that, and, uh, just like that, making sure everyone like enjoys the party. And yeah. I think Bauhaus really set the tone of like, this is a legit party. Like Yam House did it early right away. Like we're having a band play in our backyard and then boom, a weekend we say we have a beer sponsor. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. And, uh, it was so funny getting that sponsor because Andrew and I were walking to the liquor store probably three weeks ago and we went to the local liquor store just asking for a quote on kegs to see how much we'd have to pay for them and literally on our way out we got an email from mike from bauhaus the one of the co-founders and it was a subject um in the email saying i love your show and in the email he was just basically like hey i heard your podcast um would love to come on the show or like bring some value in any way i can so we schedule him. He comes in the next week. We have this grand plan to figure out, like to yeah. pitch him, like you want to sponsor. Our Learning party. from the time before, like, okay, we didn't plan anything out before we asked Yamhouse to play at our house. All right, let's really freaking dice this up, chop this up, figure out how we're going to convince this guy or sell this guy on sponsoring our party. Mm-hmm. Um, so he comes in the studio. We're getting ready to record. You know, we're thinking of pitching this idea to him after the interview, after we've warmed him up with back pocket spirits. And uh, before it even began, yeah, before it even began, dude, he he had mentioned. Did he mention sponsorships or what did he exactly he, say? I, I gave him the uh, marketing intern, um, average beer guy. That's right, uh, Koozie. That's right, the last clean one that we had uh, that was going to go to Dave Meltzer. Sorry, Dave Meltzer, you canceled the party. We found another person that we saw value in. Yeah, and uh, so we gave him the koozie, and I t- we told him how like that party funded our marketing for the next two or three months. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, sweet. Like, next time you guys have a party, like, let us know if, like, I, we could sponsor you guys. And I was like, I was going to tell you, like, post this conversation. We'd love to have you sponsor our party in two weeks in our backyard. And he's like, oh, for sure. Like, I got some uh, kegs that would totally be for this crowd. 
and we're like, uh, sweet. All right, sweet. Uh, well, we'll touch on this after the interview, but thank you. Yeah. Like, dude, locked it in right away. Like, okay, sweet. And then even after that, I was still like kind of in disbelief. Like, okay, when do I tell people this is sponsored by Bauhaus? Cause stuff like, cause, cause I mean, it was a verbal thing and he was really kind of off the cuff, like really caught us off guard. Yeah. But then he texts us like that night and um, he was like, Hey, I think we should go kegs. Um, I don't want, I don't think you guys should have aluminum cans all over your house, blah, blah, blah. And then Really, it was just smooth sailing from then. Like, it's incredible. Unbelievable. Thank you, Mike. Really do appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, the overall, the party planning is hard, but it was super enjoyable. Like, f- trying to figure this out off the cuff, true John and Sarah off the cuff podcast, go to iTunes, subscribe, give them a five-star review. There you go. And uh, it, it was hard, but I enjoyed every second of it for sure. I did too, man. And I think I'm always thinking about, like, the next thing and, like, I'm thinking about how we could get better. Um Maybe pick a day when it's warm. Yeah, maybe pick a day when it's warm and you're not worried about the rain. Because <laughs> the rain all, could screw everything. The rain could screw us and have us all go inside. But like, I mean, we have a plan for that too. So it wasn't not the end of the world there. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just just maybe if it's warm outside, that takes the stress out of that. And then, well, you'll hear on the, this next upcoming podcast our reflection on uh, yeah the failures. You know, what? You know what? Um, <laughs> But right now we're in a good spirits. So let's we're, just ride it out. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> we're super excited. Like this party's gonna be super dope. You know, like. Stole. Yo, we crushed it. <laughs> we crushed it, dude. We, we crushed it. Sorry. So whether we did or not, that's our average quality. That's the unknown. Yeah. The, the planning unknown. aspect was unknown. We figured it out. Everything's average at that point. But uh, dude, absolutely. Um, should we should we transition? Yeah. Great party. Great Thanks party. Thanks for everyone that yeah, came. Nailed um, it. <laughs> by the way, uh, take our survey. We need you guys to uh, in the show notes um, when you guys finish up this episode. We have a survey that Andrew and I put together. Um, to kind of just better understand our audience, um, we want to take this content to the moon, right? We want to make the best content for you guys, and the best way to do that is through a survey. So if you guys could just take, I think it takes like five minutes, um, fill it out, send it to other marketing interns. Is there any uh, free response in there? Yes, there is free response, and it one, is one question, right? Yeah, it's feedback, like feedback for the back pocket. Mm-hmm. If you respond in there with some legit feedback, we will read all of our feedback throughout the next whatever episodes on our show. And the we one want to get we, it out there, exactly. And the one that we like the most may win a back pocket T-shirt. Absolutely, something to think about there, um, and we'll follow up on that hundred percent too. Yeah. So uh, definitely fill out that survey in the show notes. What did you learn, Andrew? This week I learned, okay, so this is the this is the true back end where I really lock in how a finisher would lock into the back end. Okay. It's the eighteenth hole. It's the eighteenth hole. Right on. We've you got done, your master's hat on. Exactly. Boom. We we've done this for now for seventy three podcasts with a back end. Um the back what did I learn this week? It goes back to where I am today is working at United Healthcare again. And the art of right angles everywhere in an office room everything's a right angle and dude it's kind of sad like nature and everything outside of that building there's no right angles but in this building everything's a right angle everything's squared off bro everything's squared off everything's fine-tuned everything's processed everything is very regimented it's cut cornered it's been through the optimization of efficiency right angled it's kind of nutty man we should, uh, when we have an office, like a back pocket office, we just, everything's rounded corners. Rounded everything, dude. <laughs> no such thing as a right angle. Even tables, man. Even tables. Like this table, no, the C class will continue to fail because no right angle. Yeah, because there is no right angle here. That but, is, that's hilarious. That's what good I way to be, uh, central, like good century acuity there. Thank you. I'm um, just kind of recognizing that nature does not have a lot of right angles compared to the corporate life. So, mm. something to think about there. 
there's a lot of underlining meaning to that. Yeah. That's for you marketing interns, our listeners. Again, our marketing interns are our listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to repeat it. Yeah, So absolutely. everyone knows for the end of time, can interpret it any way they want. Okay. But Declan, what did you learn this week? Um, Dude, I learned that potluck dinners are the best kind of dinners in the world. Mm. You know why? Why? Because... Everyone is bringing something to the table, dude. When you go to a potluck dinner, you're bringing something that you, you whatever's best in your back pocket, whatever kind of recipe you can pull out of there to throw it on that table for everyone to enjoy, you're going to do you're it. You're trying to impress. Absolutely. Then you got Jody. She's going to bring her uh, bean dip. You got Kevin and his flame ribs. You got um, Joanne. She's got her homemade brownies. So damn good, right? Everyone's bringing something. The whole dinner is going to be great. And it all comes back to bringing value, dude. I love the Pollock dinners because everybody's bringing value. Everybody's contributing to the pot. And it's just an absolute blast. So how do you, how do, you do that? Like, how do you look into that mindset, I guess? Um, and like I said, it was all about, it's all about bringing value and always focusing on that. Not necessarily what that person is bringing to the dinner table, but what you're bringing to the table, right? Mm-hmm. And that is like the essence of networking and collaboration Everything that I do nowadays, I just look to give as much as I can give to someone. Dude, phenomenal. That's Potluck dinners. Potluck man. dinners, man. The, the uh, ability to metaphorically put that into everything. Phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And Crush I will that. say, I will say, Brandon Polizuk, um, Social Butterfly, he had uh, alluded to um, potluck dinners on the Stationary Astronaut podcast. Oh, so boy. it really uh, sparked my, my, my interest there. So that's what I learned this week. Great. Um, good time stuff. If you want to see the full post, I post on LinkedIn, which is like, if you go on LinkedIn and watch us interact on LinkedIn, it's a totally different environment. Talk so about nutty. Talk about nutty. Are right we, angles. Dude, a lot of right angles on LinkedIn. A lot of right angles. We are the rounded humans in there. Yeah. Just, we're like, the, just rolling. We're the circle just in the square. consistently rolling. Yeah. Oh, Put, putting a peg in a square hole or something, whatever oh. that saying is. <laughs> call The pod calling the kettle black, I think. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Feel good story, dude. Feel good story. How are we feeling today? Feeling great. You know, last week I was pissed. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> you were so mad. I think the growth from one to two is better. I'm becoming a little bit more um, uh, mentally in tune with what it takes to be a back-end aficionado. And I think we're doing so well. I'm doing, we're doing well right now. So mm-hmm. marketing interns, our listeners, give us some more feedback on that. We'd love it. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you think we earned it and maybe a review. Um, I, I feel like we haven't asked you guys to do that in a while. So. I know. Oh yeah. I like listening to all the old podcasts. Holy cow. We, all we did was ask people to give us five star reviews. reviews. Yeah. And but, they help. Uh, they help a lot. Yeah. We love them. Um, feel good story. goes back to the whole party, man. Thank you to every single person that helped us, um, have the party and that came to the party. You guys were super impactful and super helpful. We truly appreciated the value you gave to us. So mm-hmm. That's a feel that made me feel good, and I hope it makes everyone else feel good. Absolutely, I would also like to touch on, um, you know, reflecting on the whole sober October movement. Um, that was a crazy journey. Yeah, it's over, and looking forward now to Movember. The boys are growing their stashes out, dude, and these hitters are gonna be a little crazy. Andrew's a little more than mine, but so are you going to leave what you have now straight into November? Or are you gonna restart? Um, no, I'm leaving it. Um, I went no shave October to yeah. get this thing to where it is, and then I'm gonna shave everything around and it and just have and just have the Movember. Because I don't know how much better is this gonna get much better, or is it just not full enough to really? It's gonna be itchy, man. Yeah. Whew. Mentally prepare for it. Life's itchy, dude. There's gonna be a lot of parts where you're just being like, I don't know, dude. 
just itching stuff because you know life's always itching bro always itching whether it's excitement or whether it's nerves you get a little sweaty you get a little itchy yeah look at the anxious get a little itchy dude and, you know that's life man but i will say i will say that's a great finish to the podcast next week dude we got a huge guest well, been waiting to get him on for a long time gino yeah. gina 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 how do you spell she says last name gino valley gina valley i don't know i made that up but he was uh, came into my marketing class, end of you know fall semester of senior year, and just gave a little spiel about like his class and to the underclassmen like take his class in the future. Clearly, I couldn't take it anymore because I was about to graduate. But he spoke to me in those in those few moments, and then just he's been like everywhere since then. And Declan had some interaction with him, so I was like, dude, we saw you at Tommy Johnny. We had Davis run into you. And say, hey, you need to come on the back pocket. You came on. It was phenomenal. Thank you, Gino. Let's get after podcast 74. 74, yep. But it's season two, episode 39. Episode 39 featuring Gino, St. Tom's professor, marketing guy. Was part of the Super Bowl um, website, website design. Website lead. design. He was the lead. The guy's a genius. He's in a band, too. Just, hey, next week, man. Mm-hmm. Next week. You got to be there. 5 a.m. next Monday. See you then. Love you guys. Take care. Take care.